0: Hey all, a few quick updates: with Twitter or X increasingly on the fritz, I've created a Substack at jacksyacks. That is j a x y a c k s. dot substack. dot com that I'll be using to send out updates about the podcast and my other projects, rather than trying to hop on to every new social media that pops up. It and my current social media links will be in the show notes of every episode. Also, now linked in the show notes, the interest form for Fan Stuck and Problematic Faves episodes is back. If you have a homesuck fan work or a wonderfully terrible character you want to come on and talk about, fill out the form and I'll see if we can set something up. That's all I have for now. Thanks for listening and enjoy the episode.
1: Hi, everyone. This is Dami, the editor. Now, This week's episode is going to be just a little bit different than normal. If you've been with the show for a while, you might remember the pilot of another podcast, The Doomed Timelines, appearing on this feed. The Doomed Timelines was a show that me and Jax made, with the goal of taking Homestuck fanfiction and adapting it to a podcast format, with voice actors' help along the way to bring each story to life. The hope was to make Homestuck fanfiction even more accessible than it already is, and to provide a low-commitment entry point for voice actors just getting started in the fandom. I believe we were successful in those goals. Although, unfortunately, The Doomed Timelines is no longer available in your regular podcasting app. So, for archival purposes, we've decided to bring each episode of The Doomed Timelines to the Live Laugh Stuck feed. I hope you have as much fun listening to them as we did making them. In the process of re-listening to them, I'll be honest, I've grown rather nostalgic for that time, and there is a possibility that once all the old episodes are uploaded, we'll decide to continue the show in some capacity. We're doing our best to make sure that all the voice actors credited for each episode have the appropriate links to each of their socials in the description. It's possible that the old episode's outro may not perfectly match their new social media. If you wish to find any of the actors in this episode, I encourage you to take a look at the description. And if you are an actor who has been miscredited, please let us know so that we can fix it. And I believe that might be it. In that case, without further ado, I give you the doomed timelines. Part 2 of In Our Days We Will Live Like Our Ghosts Will Live Act 1 of Here Comes the First Step by Fine Specimen Retrieved
2: The autumn breeze soon made way to a winter chill as you settled down in your apartment, leaving the town blanketed by a thin layer of snow by late November. Time had passed by surprisingly quickly since you moved in, but shortly after your conversation with Dave, you finally gave yourself the kick you needed to start writing. About the game. About her. Because this way it would become impossible for you to forget everything, for you to move on and pretend that it never happened. You could reach some closure, some comfort through the knowledge that once it was published, you wouldn't be the only one who knew the story. It didn't matter that no one would know it was true. It didn't matter if it never became overwhelmingly popular, because someone somewhere would read it, and they would remember it as well. Your story, her very existence, would never be left behind and forgotten. So you wrote. All the notes and research you had done, all the information and memories you had collected were absolute lifesavers in developing and explaining everything so the readers would be able to understand the concepts and ideas of Spur. Soon enough, it became clear that there was no way it could all be put in a single novel. Too much had happened at the same time to different people throughout the entire game. The first draft that you had written was already 500 pages long, and it barely covered the most important aspects, and that had brought about another problem. Did you write in your perspective, or did you give each of your friends a perspective as well? In that case, would you need to ask them for permission? After two days of deliberation, you decided to stick to your perspective only, just to cut down on the inevitable ridiculous length your work would be. You wrote every day, all day, occasionally leaving the apartment to get some groceries and fresh air, but most of your time was spent inside your home. And then you reached the meteor and you stalled. No matter what you tried to write, to detail, it just. It came out wrong. It was easy enough to humorously point out Dave and Karkat's lovesick shenanigans, to explain the ridiculous bond between Vriska and Terezi. Even Gamzee was easier to talk about. But Kanaya? Your relationship with her? Normally you could wax poetic about Kanaya, about your wife, for pages, but the moment you put your fingers to the keyboard, you froze up. Every time you attempted to describe it, All motivation, all ideas fell out of your mind, and you were forced to stare blankly at the abrupt end of a paragraph, fear and disgust swirling in your chest. Because a part of you wondered if you were already too late, if you'd already begun to forget. After four days of agonizing, of staying inside and getting nowhere, you knew you had to get out of the apartment and get something. You just had to get away from it, from the ever-looming possibility and fears, from the blinking evidence in front of your eyes that you... You bundled yourself up and slammed the door shut as you left. There was a little park nearby that you could wander around, somewhere you could get some fresh air and try to... relax. It was late afternoon when you stepped out, the sun already setting in the distance, the golden glow of the light making the snow glitter brilliantly. You could already feel your body relaxing, despite the small, nagging thoughts that continued to swim up to the front of your mind. It was quiet in the park, with only a few people wandering around. The playground, however, was completely packed, and you smiled fondly at the children's laughter echoing through the area. You stood there for a while, watching them lob snowballs at each other, at the sculptures and snowmen they built, and the nostalgia for the children you and her had raised suddenly smacked you in the face. They were so precious to you, so utterly beautiful and special, even if you only looked after them for short periods of time, and yet you'd lost them as well. They were the joys of your life, and they were gone, like everything else you had held dear. You forced yourself to move away, to continue onwards. Your good mood soured through grief and longing. After walking as far away as possible without leaving the park, you let yourself sit down on an empty, if snow-covered bench sky had grown darker and slowly it begun to snow it was incredibly cliche and yet you didn't mind the park had become quiet almost frozen in time the only signs of movement being the falling snow the only sound the sway of trees and then your phone rang dragging you out of your stupor shattering the momentary stillness you'd been caught up in you fumbled with your phone glancing at the screen to see it was dave and slightly annoyed you answered the call
0: Dave, this better be- Holy fucking shit. You won't fucking believe it. It's him,
1: Rose. Jesus Christ, I fucking found him. I found him!
2: He blurted out, words smearing together, but you, your heart began to beat rapidly.
1: What? I, I took your advice, even though I really didn't want to, but I thought, hey, if the fucking seer is suggesting I do something, then I probably should do it. And oh my god, Rose, you were so fucking right. I just sent a message to the dude asking him if he'd like to meet up sometime over at Coffee and just discuss the comic like civil adults and shit. But he fucking agreed! So we decided to meet at this coffee shop tonight. And I rock up, and he's already there like a nerd, but he looks slightly familiar. And then, fuck, Rose, he just looks at me and freezes before saying, Dave, really quietly, and it
0: fucking hits me! You you found Carcat?
2: you asked softly, hope and jealousy swelling in your chest.
0: Yes! Yes, holy shit, of course that
1: ridiculous critic would be him. Who the fuck else types like that? That stupid, gorgeous, dumbass.
2: And you couldn't help but stand up. Phone clutched desperately to your ear as you heard your brother practically sob in joy on the other end. Tears sprung to your eyes, and you were so happy, so goddamned happy for him that you had you had to know. Does he know Kanaya? Is is Kanaya? You interrupted, and whatever he was saying cut off suddenly. He was silent. Your heart sank, even as you begged, prayed for the gods that didn't exist to please, please, please.
1: I'm so sorry, Rose.
2: He whispered hesitantly, and you fell back to the bench, a scream tangled in your throat.
1: He said the only others he knows are Nepeta and Equius, and that's because Nepeta is his stepsister, while Equius is the son of the guy who arrested his father in a protest. Apparently, the two of them moved off into some small town, so he hasn't really spoken with them, either.
2: The memory of the woman and a man in the fast food restaurant from a month or so ago popped up in your mind, but you couldn't say anything in response, too busy trying to wrench the sobs that wanted to escape your lips back down. I see. You finally croaked out after a while, wiping away the tears that threatened to fall.
0: I see. Tell him I said hello, yes? And bring him here at some point. It would be lovely to see him again. It's quite late, however, and I need to start making dinner. I'm very, very happy for you, Dave. Good night. Rose!
2: You hung up and buried your face into your hands. You felt your phone vibrate again, but you ignored it. Nothing could ever go fucking right for you, could it? The only chance for hope. The only chance... And no one knew anything. No one ever knew anything. Because while it did mean that there was some... Possibility. Who knew where she was? She might not even have lived in the same fucking continent. Let out a shuddering breath, trying to push down the urge to scream and wail. You let yourself sit in the freezing silence for a while, uncaring of getting cold or sick or whatever the hell else. What did it even matter? You could sit here and let the cold take you and everything would be fine. Dave had Carcat back, John and Jade were happy by themselves, your mom... Your phone vibrated again, and you glared down at it, only to soften at the sight of your mother's number. You picked up.
0: Hello, Mother.
3: Rosie? Are you doing okay, sweetheart? Davy called me and said you might be feeling a bit down. I'm here to talk if you need me. Or do you need to talk to Dr. Hilger? Otherwise, you could tell me how that book of yours is coming along.
0: I'm alright, Mom. I'm just a bit shaken. Dave told me something that surprised me, that's all, and- No, I don't need to talk to Dr. Hilger. I'm doing well. As for my book, it's coming along quite well. I've already got the first part finished. I might as well send it off to my publisher later in the week, but at this rate, the story will be several novels long.
2: Talking with your mother was always pleasant. Now that you understood that she had an honest interest in you and your hobbies and passions, you tried to be as open as possible with her she cheered you on throughout your life. She was your biggest fan with your novels, even when the shock and disbelief of your situation had once driven you to ignore her. And despite that, she held no resentment, only love for you, and in return, you loved her just as dearly. But not as dearly as you'd grown up without her before. You could, if it- never mind, it didn't matter. Not anymore, at least.
3: Oh, shit! I mean, goodness! I'm looking forward to reading all of them. Dystry, I mean, your father. Brother? I honestly have no clue what he calls himself nowadays with the two of you, but never mind. I thought you would like to know. He's very excited for it as well. Oh, speaking of the whole family, we wanted to know if you were going to come over for Christmas?
0: Probably. I've been... missing you. All of you. Even father.
2: Calling Dirk Strider father to his face was still one of the most hilarious things in the world, no matter what anyone else said. His grimace and general discomfort at it would never stop being amusing. And apparently your mother thought so as well, as she giggled slightly. You shouldn't be so hard on the guy.
3: He's been a pretty good dad to both you and Davy, despite his weird aversion to being called that. But we've been missing you too, sweetie. Even your father, though he doesn't say so. And please come for Christmas. We're inviting Jakey and Janie and their families, so you'll get to see your friends. Oh, little Jade looks so much like her father. It's uncanny. Judy was such a goofy
2: boy. She trailed off, her tone changing into one of sadness, and you decided to change the subject. You knew she had been close to Jade's father and his sister, Julie, Joey, Joey, despite knowing them during her drinking period. She had once told you that they were the only things that made her get up in the mornings and try to cut down on the amount of alcohol she consumed.
0: You've convinced me, Mother. I'll come for Christmas. Really?
3: That's wonderful, Rosie. we will be looking forward to seeing you then.
0: I'm looking forward to going. Anyway, I should start going. I'm outside and it's quite cold.
3: Oh, yes. Get inside, sweetheart. It's quite cold over there, isn't it? Bundle up and stay warm. Oh, and Rosie? I love you, baby, and I'm so happy you're going to come for Christmas. You smiled. I love you too, Mom. I'll see
0: you at Christmas.
2: Bye-bye. Sighing, you put your phone on silent and slipped it back in your pocket, before forcing yourself to stand up, to brush off the snow and ice had gathered on you, and start the trek back into town. Despite your determination before to sit and sulk and not feel cold, your body had very different ideas. Shortly after leaving the park, you felt your teeth chatter, limbs shivering as the ice seemed to seep into your very veins. You're an overdramatic idiot. Soon enough, however, the cold became too much, and you knew you had to duck into a shop and warm up somehow. There was a tug in your chest, pulling you towards a store. At that point, you didn't care where it wanted to take you, you just wanted to get warm. Without looking, you shoved open a door with trembling arms to a shop, the faint jingle of a bell announcing your arrival, before being promptly overwhelmed by warmth and the smell of flowers. You closed your eyes in bliss.
4: We're about to close, but I'll be with you in a moment.
2: A sweet voice called out from the back, and your chest ached at the sound of it, but you were too busy basking in the heat. You would be mortified at the sodden mess you were making on the floor later, but for now, you were solely focused on the pleasant smell and warmth in the shop. You heard the sound of someone getting closer, but you refused to open your eyes. Not yet. The smell was so, so familiar. You could just pretend for a little bit that you were back home, that the person approaching you was-
4: I'm sorry to keep you waiting. Can I help-
2: The person cut off with a gasp. And you cracked open an eye. A woman stood in front of you. She was beautiful, stunning, incredible. Her hair was short, hanging just above her shoulders, her eyes gleaming a brilliant jade. Her mouth hung open, and then your eyes caught on her apron. On the name tag. Rose? She whispered out, and you wanted to whimper. In large, looping letters. Kanaya. You breathed out, and she let out a pained sob before sprinting towards you. You caught her in your arms, laughing and crying in equal measure as she buried her face in your neck and wept, even though you both sank to the floor. You didn't care that you were wet and soggy and cold. She was warm, so, so warm, and the tears continued to spill over you as you cupped her face and pulled her close, kissing her desperately just to make sure. Just in case. But she kissed you back with as much fervor, tasting of tears and joy and home, smearing her lipstick, and you couldn't help but giggle. She began to laugh as well, and the sound echoed in the shop like bells, and you had to kiss her again, because fuck, she was finally here. She was here. She was here. I love you, you mumbled, and she smiled adoringly.
4: And I you!
2: She pressed another kiss to your lips, and you held her tighter, not daring to let her go. But she was warm and solid, so gloriously alive and existing, and... You kissed her deeply again, heart aching as you traced the unfamiliar, familiar shape of her face, her body, her everything. You gasped words of love and pain and longing into her skin, and the tears fell even faster as the joy slowly ebbed away and the desperate grief latched on.
0: I missed you. I missed you. Where were you? I love you. I love love you. you.
2: You both repeated like a prayer, grasping onto each other like a lifeline, reassuring each other that the other was real, that neither of you would go anywhere. You didn't know how long the two of you sat on the sodden floor. But neither of you cared, too entranced by the presence of the other. Kanaya sniffed softly before letting out a watery laugh.
4: We should get up and move upstairs. I need to close the store quickly, and then we can continue this in private.
2: You nodded gently, and slowly rose, helping her to her feet. She was still slightly taller than you, and it made you bark out another laugh. She leaned forward and pressed a kiss to your forehead.
0: We must both look terrible.
2: You whispered, eyeing the smeared lipstick and mascara mixed tears on her face, and she laughed loudly.
4: We can clean up upstairs. I live above the shop and have a bath we can use.
2: She hurried over to the entrance of the store, locking the door and flipping a sign before grabbing your hand and pulling you with her. Neither of you let the other out of each other's sight for more than five seconds, but even then the wait was filled with a growing sense of panic and dread. Unable to be out of contact, you had both bathed together, washing each other gently, lovingly, noting the changes to one another. Kanaya gave you a pair of her pajamas to wear after you had both gotten clean, putting your own sodden and dirty clothes into her washing machine, and once you were both dressed, she pulled you into her bed and held you close, simply enjoying the peaceful quiet and comfort between one another. But both of you knew you would have to talk about what had happened, what had changed, what was different. One glaring difference, after all, was the fact that Kanaya was human, and yet she was still the most beautiful person you had ever seen.
0: What happened when you- "'Woke up?'
2: you asked hesitantly, and she breathed in deeply.
4: "'I was confused and scared. Everything was different, unfamiliar. And I was human. I almost screamed when I looked in the mirror and saw soft brown skin instead of the tone I was used to. And the lack of horns, the sudden loss of senses, and, well, anatomy, was also quite shocking.' I tried to message you, but I didn't have a Pestitum account, and Trolean didn't exist, so I had to make one, but we didn't have a computer at home. It took me a while before I could actually get access to a computer, and then... It said you didn't exist. And I... Why, Rose? What happened? Why couldn't I reach you?
2: You wanted to laugh at the fact that the only reason you two were unable to get in contact sooner was due to your impatience. You could have seen her, could have held her ten years earlier, but
0: no. You messed it up completely. When I woke up, you began hesitantly, I tried to message you a lot, but the same message kept coming up, and I got angry, so I may have deleted my account?
2: A hysterical laugh left her lips, even as tears began to fill in her eyes, and she reached out to swat your head.
4: (laughs) You idiot! You absolute moron! We could've all this time-
2: She gave your head another swat before pulling you even closer and hugging you tightly.
4: You fool. But I'd rather find you ten years later than never again.
2: You were both silent for another moment before you asked.
4: Why a flower shop? And how did you get it? It was my mother's. Before she gave it to me and left to go... travel, I think. She used to be Purim, Or maybe my ancestor from Altonia, Or both. But the fact that a mother was something I now had was confusing but she loves gardening, and I'm quite partial to it as well, so I gladly took it over once I turned twenty-three. We are... close, but not very. I don't think she wanted to be a mother, and I never knew what to expect from one, so we had more of a... sisterly relationship. Speaking of siblings,
0: do you... is Dave... Dave is fine. More than fine, actually. You won't believe who we found this evening. There was this angry critic ranting about his webcomics, and, well, guess who it was? No! Yep, the stupid moron found Carcat by annoying him enough to agree to a coffee date. She laughed loudly again,
2: and your heart fluttered at the sound of it, your hands reaching up to cup her face and just... look at her. She was still gorgeous. She always would be in your eyes. Her skin was dark and smooth, her face just as angular as you remembered, but it was softer, less sharp than the bone structure of a troll. You're beautiful. You whispered lovingly, and you felt heat bloom in her cheeks. So are you, she mumbled back, and you leaned forward to kiss her softly before pulling back and hesitating. Her hand reached up to hold yours, and she looked at you quizzically. Marry me. Again. You blurted out, and you felt Kanaya's hand squeeze your own. She was beaming, her cheeks growing wet again, and she nodded desperately.
4: Of course I will! Of course, of course, of course! You don't even need to ask!
2: She laughed and pressed a kiss to your lips, smiling the entire time.
4: We'll go to the town hall tomorrow in the morning, if that's all right.
2: You couldn't help the grin spread on your face either, a blush heating up your face as you nodded rapidly.
0: Yes, I would... I would love that.
2: You leaned in and kissed her again, deeply and lovingly, trying to convey the full extent of joy and adoration you felt for her. Judging from the smile you felt against your lips, you guess you'd managed to do it. In the morning, the two of you got dressed quickly, hurrying to get to the town hall as soon as it opened. You pulled on your clothes from yesterday, freshly cleaned and dried, and Kanaya simply pulled on a warm dress and tights, smiling the entire time as she applied her makeup. Your heart clenched in joy and you felt yourself smiling as well. You both cooked a quick breakfast together, turning on a playlist and dancing and humming with each other, stinking kisses here and there. When the time to leave came, you led her down the stairs, her warm hand gripped tightly in your arm. On your way out, she stacked some flowers to hold in her other hand, explaining,
4: It's my shop. I can take what I need for important occasions.
2: You smiled stupidly at her and lifted her hand to kiss it, giggling at the blush that had spread across her face. The two of you probably looked ridiculous as you practically pranced out onto the street, hands tangled and soft looks of love being exchanged every step. It was a fifteen-minute walk to the town hall, and by the time you arrived, you could feel yourself almost vibrate in excitement and anticipation. It didn't matter that you had married Kanaya before, or that this wedding was going to be small and less impressive. You could have another big wedding later if both of you wanted it, but for now, your only concern was actually getting that marriage certificate, and being able to legally call her your wife again. As it turned out, requesting a civil marriage right there and then was pretty easily granted, since the mayor of such a small town didn't really have much else to do at the moment. By lunchtime, with the congratulations of the mayor and the ink still drying on the certificate, You were officially married again. And then you were faced with a dilemma.
0: Should I move in with you?
2: You questioned, and your wife, your
0: wife, paused. I mean, my apartment is pretty small compared to yours. Are you sure?
4: I don't mind walking, and if you've only just moved in.
2: She offered, but you shook your head.
0: I don't have that much stuff there anyway, and I would much rather live above a beautiful flower shop with my wife than a cold apartment block.
2: The smile that spread across her face when you called her your wife made you preen in glee, and you leaned forward to peck her on the mouth.
0: Very well,
4: then.
2: She agreed, and you pulled her in the direction of your apartment. You honestly didn't mind moving over your essentials to her place while leaving the rest until the lease ran out. You could always rent a storage unit and pack away everything in there, sell it somewhere online, or ask if Dave wanted more junk to fill up his own apartment with. Oh. Oh, shit.
0: My family is going. To kill me,
2: you muttered as you fumbled in your pockets for your phone. Pulling it out, you turned it back on and winced at the missed messages and calls. While you didn't doubt your mother had called Dave back to reassure him, he had a tendency of not being absolutely sure until he heard the other person tell them
1: they were. Hey, Mom said she talked to you, but are you okay now, or... Rose? You good? Rose? Rose? Rose, if you don't answer, then I'm calling Mom again. Why aren't you answering? Please respond. Rose, I'm worried. I'm driving over there if you don't answer me. Fuck. Please, Rose! I'm going there, and I swear to God, if you've done something stupid, then I will kill you. Shit. You whispered, and Kanaya placed a hand on your shoulder.
4: Is everything alright, my love?
2: Your heart clenched at the term of endearment despite the guilt you felt at worrying your brother, and you gave a wobbly smile to her.
0: I may have really worried Dave and made him think I've done something... stupid. I'm going to call him quickly and let him know everything is fine.
2: You quickly dialed his number, but it went straight to voicemail. It was probably completely focused on driving. The last text had been sent early in the morning, so he would probably arrive late in
0: the evening. Well, we may be having guests, dear. I should probably call my mother now, however.
2: A quick look at the text sent from your mom had you wincing as they gradually became more and more frantic over time. You immediately called her, grimacing as she picked up on the first ring.
3: Rosie? Please, Rosie, is that you? Hello, Mom. Oh, thank you, God. Oh, my God. Fuck, Rosie. You had us all so worried. Are you all right?
0: Why weren't you responding? Where are you?
2: Your mother's voice sounded thick, like she'd been crying, and you bit your lip. You hadn't meant to worry her.
0: Mom, Mom, I'm fine. I just had my phone switched off, that's all. I... I met someone, and we were... talking. What? I also may have married her. What? I'll bring her over for Christmas. I think you'll love her. I certainly do, and... You let us all worry ourselves sick, thinking the worst had happened, because you got married?
2: she said quietly, and the guilt threatened to choke you.
0: I know it sounds bad, but trust me, Mom, I've met her several times before. We've been together for years, and we decided to get married this morning. And please, Mom, I love her so much, and I apologize for worrying you. That was not my intention, but you guys have to stop thinking I've relapsed the moment I go off the grid for more than three hours.
1: Rose, what's this about you getting married?
0: A
2: deep voice asked, and oh boy, it looked like the whole family was there.
1: Hello, father. Don't hello father me. What the hell is your mother talking about?
0: I met a girl a few years ago, and we've been dating for a while. We decided to get married. The ceremony was ten minutes ago.
2: Your father was silent on the other end, and you wondered if you had somehow managed to screw up every single one of your family relationships in one night.
0: Do you love her? Does she love you?
2: He finally asked, and you wanted to cry
0: in relief. Yes! Yes, absolutely. Listen, I'm so sorry for worrying you and Mom and Dave, but I'm fine. More than fine, actually.
2: All right. I'll try and calm your mother down. We'll see you for Christmas. Bring your wife along. Your father was ever a man of few words, quick and straight to the point.
4: I will. I love you, Rose. I know I don't really say it, but I do. So does your mom and your brother. You really gave all of us a scare last night.
1: Look after
0: yourself. I will. I love you, too. And tell Mom I'm sorry. Bye, Dad.
2: You hung up and sighed as you put your phone away.
4: Your
0: mother is well, then? And do you have a father?
2: Can I ask, tentatively, and you
0: nodded. Yes, my mother is thankfully alive, although I do now seem to have a father. You remember Dirk and Roxy, right? I think our other guardians became fused or mixed with their personalities, creating our current parents. In any case, I now have a full set of worried parents and a concerned brother making his way here. We may have to stick around in my apartment for a little bit so that he doesn't start losing his head when I'm not there.
2: You leaned against her and she pushed back, pressing a kiss to your head.
0: That's fine. We can start packing up your things as we wait for him to arrive.
2: She reassured you and you smiled gently.
0: Thank you, Kanaya. I'm sorry to have brought you into this family mess.
2: She chuckled and kissed you properly on the lips.
4: It's fine. I wouldn't have it any other way, love.
2: You both made your way to your apartment relatively quickly and managed to fill up most of your time packing things into boxes, talking to each other, and just generally fooling around. Towards the evening, however, your doorbell rang incessantly, and you knew Dave had arrived. You bust him in. Even through your door, you could hear the rapid footsteps of someone sprinting up the stairs, but curiously enough, you could glean a second pair of footsteps right behind them. You already had the door open by the time Dave made his way up to your floor, and you looked at his panting form.
0: If I had known you were so desperate to see me, I would have invited you sooner.
2: You fucking asshole. He wheezed out before stumbling over to you and dragging you into a hug. I was so worried,
1: and here you are, standing around with a fucking cup of
0: tea. I'm sorry to have worried you, Dave, but I switched off my phone until this morning. I was otherwise occupied. I'm a grown woman, David. I can handle myself perfectly fine. You
2: muttered into his shoulder, but he held you tighter.
0: You are an absolute shit-swallowing asshole, Strider.
2: A gravelly voice behind your brother complained, and you couldn't stop the grin overtaking your face. You pulled away from the tight hug your brother had encased you in, and stared at the man standing impatiently behind him.
4: Hey, Rose. I see that you're looking absolutely fine, just like I told this fucking moron.
0: But no, he had to come make sure. At one in the fucking morning. And yet you came along,
2: you pointed out, and he blushed.
0: Yeah, well, I wasn't gonna let him out of my sights. He probably would have gotten lost again for another ten fucking years. You have no idea how good it is to see you, Carcat.
2: You stepped forward and pulled him into a short hug as well, which he briefly returned.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to see you too.
2: Dave was standing slightly to the side, staring at Karkat with a dopey expression, and you rolled
1: your eyes.
0: Come on in, then. I have someone I'd like you both to meet.
1: You said, ushering them inside. Oh, fuck, are you pregnant? Did you have a kid? Why the fuck would you-
0: Hello, Dave. It's good to see you, Chipper, as ever.
2: Kanaya chuckled out warmly, and you grinned at the shocked expression on both Dave and Karkat's faces.
0: You wouldn't believe who I stumbled into yesterday evening.
2: You pulled her close to you, and she kissed your cheek. Kanaya? Karkat whispered hoarsely, and you unwrapped your arm around her to let her step forward. She grabbed his hands with her own, smiled sadly at him, before embracing him. He let out a choked sob and held her just as tightly, burying his face in her neck.
4: Fuck. Jesus, I thought you were...
2: fuck. He mumbled out, and she pressed a light kiss to his head. So did I. She whispered back.
4: So did I.
2: You left the two of them to their reunion, instead turning to Dave.
0: This is why I wasn't answering. I found her again.
1: You explained quietly, and your brother nodded.
0: I'm sorry to have worried you.
1: Nah, you were right. I can't rush down here every time you take longer than five hours to respond, but shit, Rose, you left me on a pretty grim fucking note. What was I supposed to think?
0: No, I know. I should have said something. I was just... caught up.
1: I would have been caught up with Carcat as well if you hadn't worried me sick, you dickhead.
2: He grumbled, but he let you wrap an arm around
0: him. Things turned out pretty good in the end, didn't they?
2: Yeah. The two of you were silent for a moment, before you remembered.
0: Oh, that's right, Dave. I married Kanaya this morning. We're spouses again.
2: You said with a smile on your face.
0: Once again, we beat you and Carcat out.
2: Hopefully for the last time. Uh, don't be too fucking sure about that, he replied with a smirk, sauntering over and pulling
1: Karkat into a
2: ridiculous pose.
1: Rose, Kanaya, uh, meet my husband, Karkat, who I married yesterday at seven in the evening, a full twelve hours before you. Suck it, bitches. We win. He stuck out his tongue before pulling away as Karkat reached out to clobber him.
4: Don't fucking do that, you asshole. Did you lose all sense of shame when you woke up? Oh no, wait! You never fucking had any, you absolute- You
2: snorted as you watched your brother dodge out of the way of his husband's angry attempts to whack him, settling up to your own wife and resting your head against hers. Dave? You called out, and the two of them stopped, turning to look at you.
0: You may have been quicker this time, but have you already told the parents?
2: All the color drained from his face, and he mumbled out a quiet- Shit. Fuck shit. Before grabbing his phone desperately, and you tipped your head back and laughed, loud and clear and so-so happy. Your wife laughed with you. The two sounds joining together and soon your entire apartment was filled with laughter, apart from Dave's muttered words into his phone. This was home. This
4: was home. You were finally home.
1: The documentarian of our story today is Fine Specimen Retrieved, who you can find at KitKateMunch on Twitter, and as Fine Specimen Retrieved on AO3. Remember to go drop some kudos on their fic if you enjoyed today's show. The narrator of our story today was Luna Fey Kaida, who you can find by messaging them on Discord at alunardragon, hashtag 6969. The voice of Dave Strider, as well as editor and composer for the show, is Dami who you can find on Twitter, Tumblr, and SoundCloud as Domino Thief. The voice of Rose Lalonde was Jax, who you can find on Twitter at Dirkification, on Tumblr at sociallyanxiousdragon.tumblr.com, and on Archive of Our Own as Amberlin. Jax also helps out as the show's producer. The voice of Mom Lalonde was Cairo, who you can find at CluckBeast on Twitter. The voice of Kanaya Merriam was articulately composed, who you can find on Twitter at ACMusic27 or on YouTube as Articulately Composed. The voice of Bro Strider was Gizmo, who you can find on Tumblr and Archive of Our Own as Scrapyard Gizmo. The voice of Karkat Vantis was Ego, who you can find on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube as Ego Sweetheart. Art for the show was drawn by DJ DoodlesArt on Twitter. You can also find links to all of our talented creators in the show's description. Currently, there is no way to support the show financially, but if you'd like to support anyone, we'd like you to please direct your love towards our lovely writers and actors, without whom the show could not be possible. If you'd like to be a part of the show, you can visit our Twitter, at TDTCast, to find out more. There, you can find a link to our Discord server, where you can come and show off your fix, get updated when auditions are needed for new parts, or just hang out and drop us a line. Our cast is always rotating, and we'd love to feature as many voices as possible. Remember to keep creating, friends.
0: Thank you to Dami for composing the theme song and editing the episode. You can find more of her work at soundcloud.com slash Thief. Shout out to our fakest fan tier supporters, Danny the Lord and Tezrak. You can become a supporter and receive early episodes and bonus content for as little as $1 a month over at ko-fi.com slash jacksyaks or simply give a one-time tip. For information on and links to my other projects, head over to jacktheaxe.com. Thanks again for listening.